Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. The topic of this episode is 10 real estate hacks everyone should know. Everyone, buyers, sellers, I'm a real estate investor and a real estate agent and real estate coach and mentor, so certainly for real estate investors as well, but anyone who either owns a home or intends on owning a home needs to know these 10 real estate hacks. Hi, I'm Phil Pustiofsky with FreedomMentor.com. As I said, I'm a full-time real estate investor, real estate mentor and coach to many of the most successful real estate investors all across North America. But as it pertains to most of you, it's that I've been a part of thousands of real estate transactions over the past 15 years. I have a tremendous amount of experience, and so these 10 hacks are 10 of the greatest lessons I've ever learned from all of those years of experience. This is the number one YouTube channel for real estate investing, so thank you for watching. Also, I'm a best-selling author of two books. The first, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, and the second one is Real Estate Investing Gone Bad. So if you're looking to get into real estate investing, make sure you pick up those two books. So 10 real estate hacks that everyone should know. We're going to start with number one, hire the best. Hire the best. That could mean hire the best real estate listing agent if you need to sell the house and you have a retail a home that's in beautiful condition. It means if you've got a house that needs a lot of work and you need to get rid of it in a moment's notice, hire the best real estate investor to pay cash for that property. It means if you're getting a loan, hire the best mortgage broker. And these things are all available thanks to the internet. You can research who is the best real estate agent in your area? You can do that on a place called Realtrends.com. Realtrends.com give the list of who sold the most by volume, by uh, total uh, dollar amount. Mortgage brokers, they have lists of who does the most volume. You can work with the best, and that's what's so great about real estate. The best people aren't going to tell you no. They're going to want to work with you if it's an agent or an investor or a mortgage broker or the like. So hire the best, because when you do, you get the best results. That's the bottom line. The vast majority of people in real estate don't even like being in real estate. They don't like being agents. They don't like being mortgage brokers. It's just their job. But there are a few that love it. They're great at what they do, and get on their horse. Bet on their horse to win the race, because they will win the race, because they're the best. The second one is get three bids. I can't tell you how many people do not follow my advice on this. Listen to me on this. Three bids. I mean, if you need to replace your roof, call three roofers. If you need to do something to your AC that's more significant than just a checkup, get three bids from three different AC companies. If you're looking to get a mortgage, get bids from three mortgage brokers. Oh, they don't want you to do that. They're going to tell you lies about how it's going to hurt your credit if it gets pulled more than once, your credit score or your credit report when you try to get a loan. Well, it turns out that you can get as many pulls as you want in a two-week period, and it doesn't hurt your credit at all. Ooh, they won't tell you that. Get three bids. Because when you do, you're going to get three different answers. It's amazing. Plus, when they know you have other people involved, what they're going to do is bring their A game. So if you get three bids, whether it be on, on a mortgage, on an AC, on a roof, that also means real estate agents. Talk to the top three. So I'm saying hire the best, but get the top three and then get bids from all three. 
Some people are lazy. They don't want to make the phone calls. They don't want to do what needs to be done. This is a hack of hacks. You will save money. You will get the best out of people. This is something my mentor taught me, and I have done it over and over and over again, and it always works. Number three is if you're going to be selling the property, list on MLS. We've got people these days that want to try to use things like Zillow or Redfin, and they want to do it the free way and put it on Craigslist. Look, if you do that, you'll never get complete exposure to the entire marketplace. Now, this advice I'm giving you doesn't actually help me because I buy a lot of properties from people off-market. They don't ever put it on the MLS, and I'm able to buy it before it ever hits the MLS. So obviously, this is not very self-serving, but I'm telling you a hack that will make the difference. If you're looking to sell your house, don't be a for sale by owner. Get it on the MLS. And if you don't want to pay the commissions, then you're being too greedy. That's the bottom line. Now, if you hire the best, they're going to get the maximum amount. So if you list it on the MLS, even if you pay the 6% in commissions, you'll still get more than if you listed, let's say, for sale by owner and you sold it for sale by owner. You'll still get less money because you won't get complete exposure to the marketplace. So list it on the MLS. For us expert real estate investors, what we do is we do a flat fee listing. So we save the 3% that typically goes to the listing agent and we typically pay two, three, four hundred dollars for that. But we're experts, we know what we're doing and we know exactly how to list it to list it just like the best would list it. Number four, on this topic of listing properties, you can never list too low. Never list too low. What do I mean by that? I mean that your list price can never be too low. Because the lower you list it, the more likely you're going to originate what's called a multiple offer situation and the people will bid the property right back up to what the market value is. I have a wonderful video called The Kiss of Death When Selling a House. And in fact, it should show up here at the top as a, uh, as a link. The Kiss of Death When Selling a House is to list it too high. You do that. You won't get any showings, and you won't get any offers, then it'll grow stale on the market, it'll just sit there, and people will start to think, well, there must be something wrong with this house. No one else has bought it. All of a sudden, it becomes the, the unwanted listing. Don't go there. If you're selling your house, list it low. I practice what I preach. I list my properties crazy low, and I, I create what's called multiple offer situations almost always. Now, the buyer's agents don't like that as much because they don't like to have to compete. Remember we talked about that getting three bids? It's kind of like getting three bids on your house, and then they all bid it up. It works terrifically well. So take my advice here. You can't list it too low. So when you're thinking about what your list price is, if you're thinking a certain number is too low, that might be the perfect amount because then that would be low enough to create a multiple offer situation. Also, check out that video again um, called The Kiss of Death When Selling a House. Number five, your first offer is your best offer. First offer equals best offer. This right here has lost people so much money over the years. So they put the property on the market. Let's say you took my advice and you listed it nice and low. And the first offer that comes in, you look at it and go, well, wow, I, I got an offer that much. Wow, let me just wait around for the next couple of months and see what else comes in. No, don't do that. That first offerer, that first person that came in, they are the probably most qualified, most interested party. For all you know, they've been sitting waiting for your home or your type of home to come on the market. And now yours has, and they jump on it real fast. 
That's your buyer almost always. So here's the key. When you get this offer, it doesn't mean you accept it. It means that you now have the best type of buyer. Now you need to work with that person. You can counter-offer them. You can counter-offer the terms and the price and all that great stuff. Certainly you can do that. But what it means is don't just shut the door on them, especially if it comes in what you feel is low. Now, there are some caveats to this, and that's why you got to hire the best so you know when there are caveats. But by and large, your first offer is usually your best offer. That is the key. It will save you a ton of money and heartache. When that first offer comes in, it might be lower than you thought it should have been. And instead of counter-offering them, you basically flip them off and tell them to hit the road, and then no offer comes in for another three months. It happens so often. Look, I've been a part of thousands of real estate transactions. I've been on both sides. I've been the seller, I've been the buyer, I've been the agent, been the investor, been in all sides of these deals. This right here is a huge hack. It'll make you a lot of money. Number six, buyers are liars. Buyers are liars. Oh, I'm not going to leave them out either. Sellers are too. Sellers are too. What does this mean? This means that if you're looking to sell a house and a buyer tells you something, you got to verify it. Listen carefully. That means if they say they can get a loan, verify not only with the proof of funds letter or a a pre-approval or a pre-qualification letter, but also call the mortgage broker. Yeah, that's what I said. Get them on the phone and say, yeah, I see that this person is supposedly pre-qualified. What is the likelihood they're going to get a loan on this property? You've got to verify when a buyer says they got the cash, they got the credit, they got this, they got that. You've got to verify it all. And vice versa, if you're looking to buy a property and the seller says, oh, nothing's ever gone wrong in this house. Oh, this house is wonderful. Verify. Hire an inspector. Check it out. Make sure you're crystal clear on what's going on. Verify, because buyers are liars and sellers are too. What that means is, typically people are buying and selling only a few homes in their lifetime. It's not some repeat transaction like they own an ice cream store and there's people going to be coming in and out daily. They're not trying to build customer relations. They're like dealing with one house in their life. They're going to lie to you if that's what it's going to take for them to get rid of their home or for you to buy their home. Buyers are liars and sellers are too. That's the reality. Now, that doesn't mean that real estate agents or mortgage brokers or investors are always liars. I'm talking about the individual seller and the individual buyer because those two parties don't do all that many transactions, so they don't have to worry about their reputation. They'll screw you in a heartbeat and they won't care. So you have to know that going in and know that everything that comes out of that buyer's mouth or that seller's mouth, depending on which side of the transaction you're on, could be a lie. When I'm buying a property from a seller, I assume everything the seller has told me is a complete lie, because oftentimes it is, and then I verify, and then I find out the truth, and then they're like, oh, 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 I didn't, you know, I didn't know you needed that. I had a transaction the other day where the sellers, when, uh, when the new buyer did the inspection, find out there's a bunch of fire damage in the attic, and the seller goes, why didn't you tell me this? And the, and the sellers go, well, I didn't know you needed to know. <laughs> didn't need to know. There's a fire in the house. Okay, you get what I'm talking about. Hack, number, uh, number six, buyers are liars and sellers are too. You need to verify, verify, verify. Number seven, buy right or not at all. Buy right 
or not at all. I have a great video on should you rent or own your own home. You'll see the link up here. And it's a great discussion on what most people don't talk about about owning real estate. Owning your own home can be very expensive. So you've got to be very careful in how you buy it, what your intentions are, what your plans are, and what your contingency plans will be if you have to sell. Look, buying a home is like going to jail. That's right, I just said that. Like going to jail. A lot easier to get in than to get out. Talk to any homeowner that just bought a brand new home in a brand new built subdivision last year that just got a job transfer and now needs to sell. Ask them how easy it is to get out. It's usually next to impossible because the new home builders still got some new units that they haven't sold yet and they will undercut you even though you've owned it for a year because they don't care about you anymore. You've already bought that home out of that subdivision. So you got to buy right or not at all. A lot of times it's safer just to rent unless you're going to stay in there for five years or you're getting a good deal on it where there's a lot of instant equity. I have made a career, I've made a fortune out of buying homes from people that didn't buy right. They didn't have a good contingency plan. And look, I'm telling you here as a hack, number seven here, buy right or not at all. Don't make an emotional decision. Be intelligent here because it's not always that easy to get out of a house once you've gotten into it. You've got that big fat mortgage payment and you're trying to sell and you're trying to hire the best but you don't have enough um, in equity to be able to pay the commissions and now you're stuck. Now you're stressed out. Be careful here. It can be a major trap and realtors across America don't really care if you're in that trap because they've already made their commission when you bought or sold. So if you buy that property, they've already made their commission, you've moved on, or they've moved on. And meanwhile, you're stuck with that house. So buy right or not at all. And please don't take offense if you're a realtor, because it's the truth. Realtors push buy, 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 buy houses when that may not be the best thing for you. On that same topic, number eight, buy less than you can afford. Buy less. Because if you haven't bought a home before, I've got news for you. A whole new world of expenses is coming at you that you didn't even see coming. Roof is leaking. you got to get a roofer up there and fix it. The AC goes out on the hottest day of the year. you got an AC company comes out there. whole bunch of little fix-its. All of a sudden, you got a whole bunch of good little Saturdays coming up. You're heading to Home Depot. You're going to Olive Garden for lunch. And if you have time, you're going to go over to Bed Bath & Beyond. If you have time. That's a throwback to the movie Old School if you don't get that joke. Look, you have no idea how expensive it is to own a home until you've owned one. So buy less than you can afford because you've got new expenses coming at you. Otherwise, it's going to be a miserable experience. That's a huge hack. Buy less than you can afford. And look, you watch these television shows where people have three options and then they one's over their budget, one's right at their budget, one's below their budget. Keep looking if you have to because you've got to buy right. Don't have to just settle on three options. Keep looking until you find something that fits for what you need and it fits for your finances. Otherwise, just keep renting because you are going to get hit with a lot of expenses you didn't see coming once you're the owner. Number nine, if you can't qualify for a loan, get creative. So I don't understand at this day and age with the kind of resources that are available why people that can't get an ordinary loan aren't still becoming homeowners if they want to be. So I've got a video, a link right up here, 
on how to get a, a bargain on your dream home. How to buy a home even if you can't get a loan the normal traditional way. There are so many ways to buy houses creatively. You can do this too. It's not completely complicated. And so if you have a dream of being a homeowner but you can't qualify for a loan, that should not stop you. There are great resources available including that video I just referenced. Amazing resources. You can do it. So buy right, buy less than you can afford and if you can't get a loan that's no big deal. Just get creative. And number 10, I've saved the best for last, maintain walk away power. Walk away power. What does that mean? That means that if you are buying a house, be willing to not buy it. If the inspection comes back and there's a problem, if the appraisal comes back, lower than what you have it under contract for and the seller won't drop the price, be willing to walk away. If you are selling a property, be willing to say no to a deal if it's just completely the wrong deal. Look, you've got to have walk away power. In real estate, when you maintain the ability to just say, nah, I'm not going to do it, you maintain the ability to do the best for you. When you're in a pressure cooker situation, you are forced to have limited options. I'll give you a perfect example. Some people get transferred for a job or other such reasons, and they feel this pressure to buy a home as soon as they move to the new market. That is such a bad idea. Sit tight for six months to a year in that new market and really learn the area. Learn where you want to be. Learn where the traffic is really piling up. Learn everything you can about that marketplace and then make a slow, steady decision on a home buying. If you pressure cook your situation and you say, I gotta buy now or I gotta sell now, you're not going to give yourself the ultimate and the perfect opportunity. Now, I've again made a fortune buying homes from people that were in pressure cooker situations. And so they put themselves there and they're stuck now. And so some people give me the attitude, well, Phil, you're taking advantage of people. Not at all. I'm throwing a life raft to them, but they're drowning, and nobody else is helping them, so I'm helping them. But I, I would rather not have to throw a life raft to everybody. Ideally, they would watch this video on these 10 hacks, and they would make really good, intelligent, insightful, patient decisions so that they get the most for the sale of their home, or they get the best deal when buying the home, and everything fits for their situation. All right, well, I'm Phil Pustiowski. As you can tell, I get a little passionate about these subjects, especially some of these lessons, because I've had to learn them the hard way or watch family members or friends learn this stuff the hard way, and you don't have to. Just follow these, these 10 hacks, whether you're a buyer or seller, and it'll make a world of difference.